0: uh All Saints is a beautiful church been a, I've been there for 28 years. Can you all hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You just made a funny face, father. Was it at me? What? No, I'm just kidding <laughs> with you.
1: Right.
0: I'm joking around. I joke around too much. Okay. I've been there for 28 years and a few years ago I uh decided to uh to to do a survey with my with my parishioners for variety of reasons and so this is what I did. I told them that I wanted to visit every single uh, home in the parish if they would let me in and they, they would, they did uh, and, and I wasn't coming to talk to them or to ask for anything. I wanted to come and ask questions. I had a black notebook with me and, and, I, and I visited with them and I had three questions to ask about all saints. What are we doing right uh, what are we doing wrong? What are we missing? And what are we doing right that we can do better? They're really vague and that kind of, inf- and then it gave me a lot of information about people's background uh, and, and where they were coming from because an evangelical is going to think doing things right or it's a little bit different from what, what we think. But, uh, and, and then I, I I drew that up and put together a written report, and I told everyone that I was gonna present this report at our annual meeting. We had the biggest annual meeting that year that we'd ever had. I think because I, had gone, I went and talked to people, Oh, I listened, I didn't talk, and I told them I wasn't there to talk, I was there to listen, and I got a tremendous amount of information. What surprised me was what came out of it uh, in summary form. And these are the three C's that we've mentioned over and over again in here. Communication, uh, community, and communion. Over and over, now they didn't say communication. They said, we, we don't know what's going on. We don't know, we didn't know when meetings are, we don't know what the vestry's doing, we don't really know what your job is. Uh, they didn't say communication is not what it should be. Uh, community, every, everybody said, "We want." I don't feel like I'm really a part of this church, or I do feel like I'm really a part of this church and I matter. What everyone was saying is that they wanted, in some manner, they wanted to be able to experience warm human togetherness. That's a good thing. Right? I mean, it's not all, it's not everything, but it's a very good thing. And that's the way I'm using the term community right now. The sense of of, of really belonging to a community, uh, being part of of a, of this group, and mattering. So that if they're not there, it matters that they're not there. And if they're not there two times, it really matters. And somebody calls them up and somebody finds out. If somebody gets sick, then they're... We find out what we can do. If somebody has a baby, we want to provide meals. So It's the idea of being with each other. Uh, uh, that's what we mean by, by community. And it has to do with feeling as though you belong. Okay? Does that make sense to you uh, as a need? Communion, uh, pretty much across the board, like, like, the, uh, like the priests were saying earlier, uh, even those who were just being introduced to the church were eager to uh, to participate in the liturgical life of the church, uh, and in fact, I've been at All Saints for 28 years, and they they were, the younger ones that came wanted more than at that time I was really equipped to give them, uh, and it, and I had to I had to learn some things along the way, but like the uh the mothering, uh, what is uh, what is that? The churching, churching of mothers, uh, is that what it is? Churching of women. The churching, the churching of women, which is which is in our prayer book. Uh, the, the group of people that brought that back to life were young people. Uh, well, obviously, I mean that would be the case for a number of reasons because it would be a childbearing age and that kind of thing. Uh, but al- also, it's like they were saying the beauty of the liturgy. Uh, and, and, and the liturgy being done well, sermon, the, the, the liturgical sermon being done well. Uh, bet, uh, better to have a well-said service than a poorly sung service. It's not, what, it's not that you tap and, and put on the bells and whistles, which are things that are important to us, but better that you do what you do with excellence. And this part here, we're going to be talking about, we're be talking about the, uh, the community part of this. And so I put that out, and then we started thinking about how, how are we going to do this. And I've been to Senate one year with some, some of our guys, and I don't remember exactly who this was. We were on our way back, and I was saying, you know, we have such a hard time with education. It's, such, it's so hard to do this with kids and with, with adults. And we try to do it on Sunday morning. Try to do Sunday school. And it just doesn't work. And this guy, one of the guys, and I don't remember which one, this was, you know, seven or eight years ago, said, well, we're all Baptist, which was true. We'd all, we were all basically former, former Baptist. And we were used to going to church on Wednesday nights. Uh, and, and he said, why not do that? and begin something on Wednesday nights. And we'd been doing doing some things on Wednesday nights anyway that were very small, so this is what we did. We decided to move all of our Sunday school, all of that, from Sunday to Wednesday. We have no education on Sundays. Sundays are for worship and nothing but worship. Well, we have coffee out but that's like the eighth sacrament, right? You have to do that. But Sundays are not education day. Sundays are for the worship of God. And then we moved all of the education, which frankly, there wasn't much going on at all uh, at that time. Uh, I mean, there were some classes, but people weren't attending. We moved that and what we wanted, we moved it to Wednesday. And we started developing rudimentary classes for all age groups, which we didn't even have all age groups that much to be when you've got two children who were three years old you don't exactly have a class but we started with what we had now on when how this is well let me just say this too. mechanically uh, father Dan was a is a chef and he was a he, he owned a bakery before he before he uh, quit doing that uh, and he and he volunteered to cook for a year and he did he cooked all of our agape meals for a year, so this is what we do. get together on Wednesday nights at 545 we begin to set, we begin to serve the meal. It's a simple meal. it may be soup or it may be salad, but it's a good meal uh, and uh, he started doing that and we charged like three bucks or two bucks to co- simply to cover the cost and people started coming right off and we had age groups so we Serve, we of course he had to be there earlier to cook the meal, but then we started serving the meal at five forty-five. At six thirty we broke immediately for classes and classes went from six thirty to seven fifteen. At seven fifteen classes were over and people were getting ready to go home and on the road. Why seven fifteen? Because that's what the mothers told me that had to be for them to bring their kids there. Because those kids need to be in bed. So we did it at 7.15. So we have a 45-minute lesson slot, which is, believe me, if you're getting people every week, a lot of time. Father Dan did that for a year. And then after that, we asked for volunteers. And like I said, it's been probably six or seven years now. And... Families will volunteer to cook for everyone. And, and now, let me say this, our average attendance is 70, 80 people. We never had that kind of education before. We never had 70 or 80 people involved in a Sunday school class. But on Wednesday nights, we come together, people come home from work, they don't go home and cook because they're getting a good meal for themselves and their family. They come to church, we cook, and we eat together, and we hang out. We just hang out, because hanging out with one another is a mighty good thing. We don't have to be teaching one another all the time. We don't have to be getting all serious about things all the time. We can just, the body of Christ can just be with one another. And for little children to see all of you together, you don't have to tell them it's important for the body of Christ to be together because they see it. And then, it's like, it's like Father said, we live in such a disconnected world now. Uh, to be able to sit with adults is in integrated for age. So we have all of our people. I mean, I'm serious about our age. Our, our average family is about 40 years old. So, like I said, I'm 70. I'm one of the oldest guys there. There are only like five or six of us, and everybody then, bam, it plummets in age, which is good, and they love it. They love the church. They love, to be, they love to eat together. The children now, all those kids I was telling you about, they go around and serve the adults to see if they want anything else to eat. If we have leftovers, kids will bring it to you. Kids will bring you the dessert. Kids will come and pick your plates up. And I don't know, what are they learning when they're doing just good things like that? Then the kids help clean up their learning service. They learn how, they, they help clean up with, with another member of the church. They, they don't know, but they know he's a senior warden, or used to be, or something like that. But he's helping them sweep the place up. All of that stuff is important stuff, and, and it can't be taught. I mean, you can, you can philosophize about it, and I do, but philosophy doesn't replace the doing of the thing. It's an amazing, it's an amazing adventure. And I'm probably telling a lot of you things you already know and that you're already participating in and you're already doing. I've always had a Wednesday night class. We've always eaten together at Wednesday night, but it's always been about 12 people who were interested. So exactly how we started out, and went from that to the majority of our parish now, 70, 80% of our parish involved actively in education, um, is because we've kept doing it. But you don't have a, a Wednesday Mass or evening prayer? I have Mass every single day and twice on Sunday, buddy. Okay. Yes, sir. <laughs> father. Buddy, Father. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm kidding. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not joking. You're absolutely correct. But I have, do you have it at, like on Wednesdays? Do you have it when, at I don't have it at. I don't have a mass at one Wednesday night. I have a mass at twelve fifteen every day, except Sunday when I have two masses. I have it at twelve fifteen so that if people want to come to mass, everybody has to eat. Just about everybody ha- has a lunch hour mm-hmm. uh, from their work, and and people will come. Now I don't have a lot of people coming to the mass. One sometimes, two or three, four or five, something like that. It, it dwindles, but you know what? I pray for the. We have a a, a a piece of paper folded up in five sections: Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and all of our parishioners listed in alphabetical order, divided up on those days. And I pray for every family at the altar that week. And I pray for people who have birthdays that week. And we make copies of it every month because it's always changing. Uh, And we pass that out so that people that can't be at Mass can take that with them. And if they can say short prayers, then they can be praying with me at the altar, even though they're not literally at the altar. All of that stuff works together, right? I mean, it 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 all comes together. I think that this uh, actually, after we started doing this, and and it's it's continued, there was a a three-year period where things dropped down a little bit, and our average attendance was about 50, which still, come on, 50 people on Wednesday night? Mm -hmm. I mean, we never had 50 people coming into education on Sunday. Even that was good, and now it's back up into the 70s and 80s again. Let's see. What else do I need to say about that? I've gone over how we did that, how we got started. I, I know what I was going to say. This is, I think it's one of the most important things we do. I think it is, is, it's koinonia, it's fellowship, it's participation in one another's lives. And this world is, is a hard world to live in. And to think that we can do everything that we need to get everything that we need sacramentally from the church one hour and a half on Sunday is insane. That's not true. We have to do that. But then to come back in midweek, 545 we eat together, 630 we start education, 715 we're on our way home, and we've spent, what, two hours together, close to it, something like that. It's a mighty good thing. It's encouraging and it's nurturing to the parish. It builds friendships, and 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 that kind of thing. And in addition to that, we have other things that that go on. We have women's retreat. We're going to do a men's retreat this year and have our our newer coadjutor come and, and lead the retreat, who is an amazing retreat leader, by the way. Uh, we have a we have a softball team uh, that's uh, that's called. All Saints Martyrs, a uh, very unfortunate name, uh, that, but thing. accurate,
2: <laughs> accurate, <laughs> believe
0: you, You did. You named it Martyrs. We
2: did, we Isn't did, that we insane? It was my previous church. It was the Episcopal Church before it went nuts, but um, they, we had St. Albans Martyrs.
0: Ours were All Saints Martyrs, and, and they went kind of crazy. They looked up, you know, they got some, like, famous martyrs in the church, and then you, got, you could choose that martyr for your jersey, and they put like, you know, whatever it was, St. Beatrice, whoever she was, being martyred, um, and like I said, we lived up to the name because we didn't win a game. Like until this year, we started winning games. It was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. You keep at it, and it works. So I'm gonna stop there. What time is it? Yeah, we've got, how long do we go? Three, uh, three, ten. Okay, I'm going to stop. It's 15. It's almost 10 till and we're going to stop it in 20 minutes. So let me ask you this. Do you have any questions? You can pose questions to me. You can ask each other questions. You can answer questions that other people ask, uh, or you can give us your own experience with this. Let me say this. This is weekly. I, I absolutely believe this is essential to the life of a church If it's going to be a healthy church, not just a growing, we want our churches to grow numerically, but we want spiritually, mentally healthy churches. And that's only going to happen if you do this on a weekly basis, not all year long. We begin in the school's uh, term, so we're not meeting right now. We break uh, sometime like around Memorial Day. We're off for the summer. Although they have the other program that they do, they do it because they do it because you do it. I don't do it. The other program is called SMAC, which means sacred art and, me, and music camp. And we have then kids and kids outside of our parish participate in that. But that's our version of, morning, uh, our version of a vacation Bible school, except we begin with sung morning prayer with the little children. They read the lessons, and then we end with noon prayers and then have crafts and... That kind of thing. Somebody raise their hand.
1: Um, I found in my church that people didn't know each other's names. We would do two services, and they're not there all the time. So they were reluctant to get to go up and talk to someone. They don't know their name. And I know everyone's name, of course. And someone told me, it's so helpful when you say, you know, hey, hey, Lisa, how's it going? You know, hey, hey, hey Wade, how's it going? Oh, that's Wade. Sounds I'm so glad you Greet everyone, and then they began to learn our, each other's names, and then cool. conversations started, and it helped our fellowship a lot. Just like knowing other people's names, mm-hmm. so, shout out people's names. If,
0: uh, we I, I've seen some churches use use t- uh name name tags that kind of thing. Somebody else. No, same. How? Yes, sir. Where are you from again? Uh, Simpsonville, South Carolina. Yeah. Saint George the Martyr. Yeah. Um, how do you get people? Okay. That's a great question. I'll, you know, I'll tell you. I I started. I wrote a letter to people when we were starting this because I was I was worried to death over education because frankly it just wasn't happening. Uh, I mean Sunday school. Nobody was. I mean, I would try to do. Do I need to do something? I was. I mean, I I, uh, I would teach classes and people would come to classes a few people that you could predict would come to classes. So what I did was I wrote a letter. I never, I only write letters to all saints. It was really important. Uh, And and I wrote like a five page letter. I never do that except when we hired Father Sean. And that was an important thing too. And I told them what I honestly believed was important for their life and the life of their children not just to grow the church but for them and for their family uh and, and for and for each other and, and that it was education and and I took I spent a lot of time working that out and writing that letter and a few people responded to it and then a few more people I tell you one thing you have to do you have to do what you say you're going to do and you have to keep on doing it if you tell people you're going to be there, that that's what it's going to be. You have to be there and not give up uh, because it doesn't seem to fly all great successfully for the first year. You have to then come back again and do it. It's when people people realize, you know, a long time ago I, I remember in seminary they told us it takes seven years for a congregation to trust a a priest, seven years. Holy cow! I mean, I don't have that much time left. You
2: know? <laughs> Back
0: then, I did. But seven years, seven years to be there and to keep your promises. Seven years to say we're going to be. This is what we're doing, and we keep on doing. It. And people find out. Well, they do show up, and they actually do it, and then they they keep. You know, they keep coming. And we we're, we're going to have some more. I mean, that's a good question to pose on earth and altar uh, so that other, other people can can go in on that.
2: Well, we, we have people who are saying we need to do more in, in the parish, but nobody wants to come forward mm-hmm. to help and assist and, you know, move forward with it. So it creates Have help. you tried going up to individuals and saying, Hey, we'd like to do such and such. Can you help? And look them right in the eye. I find that they, typically they're not going to tell you no to your face. Or they'll say, Well, I can't do that, but I'd be willing to do this. But if you just make the blanket statement, well, you can't we need do, help.
0: It, that, I mean, if I want somebody to be on the, 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 the sacristans, I can't just say, Put an announcement out on the bulletin, I, will, I have to, generally I'll have somebody in mind, for a couple of you, and, and I'll then I'll go to them once I've done that, that, that helps. But uh, you, uh, I don't know why, I don't know the situation so I'm not exactly sure why, but I've certainly seen that kind of willingness to complain but then not do anything about it. And uh, again, I think the important thing is you've got to have a core group of people who want to do this. What was that? Uh, remember the, uh, 80, 20 rule. no, it's, well, yeah, I mean that that's part of it. I was tr- thinking of Thornton, uh, Martin, remnant. the remnant, Martin Thornton talks about the remnant and, and how important it is within a parish to have a remnant that's going to partner with the, with the priest. Uh, and these are people that say, oh, wow, this stuff is important. You can count on us. So you find that remnant, two or three, and the priest is going to be with you, and then you guys can covenant together. By covenant, I mean, you you, you promised each other you're going to do it, and you get going on it. Something you can do, not something you can't do.
3: <coughs> What's the background of, of Saint, your church, the background of
0: the area? Well, Charlottesville, Virginia. And so it's, it's uh, uh, University of Virginia, and, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's highly educated because of that. But, you know, that's not all. I mean, we have military people who are retired who, who aren't teaching at the university, and people who people also move into Charlottesville and then move out uh, because they go there for promotion. So it's a – I mean, we have actually mo- – most of our people are – we have a lot of teachers who are, who are in St- our parish? St.
3: Peter's used to be the cathedral. Yeah. Where they'd be. And we have a major problem where we're not on a main main drag. It's set back. It's got.
0: Tell me where of, you are again.
3: St. Peter's and Deerfield Beach. Oh, right yeah. On. Right, right. That's a beautiful church. It's a beautiful church. And to have it, we had to get a tenant in our parish hall to, in order to go ahead and get money in to keep us going. And we have four other churches around us, which are all. Spanish or Latino. Uh, our tenant used to be Portuguese and then all the Portuguese guys left and he turned it Spanish. But he takes half the parish hall. We put the, the wall in it, uh, the folding wall, and he put
0: an altar in that stuff. Yeah. Uh, and that's not why the church exists, is it? No, well, it's, I, know, I it mean, it was for a little bit there, know, but, but, but but what you're saying, I, I, I get what you're saying, you've got to have, have this guy there to help you pay the bills, yeah. But now
3: we were doing pretty good, uh, we we got the perish up, but I'm almost one of the youngest guys there, and I'm 75, yeah, <laughs> and I'm saying. Come on, guys. Where is is St. Um, when I went
0: to well, listen. When I went to All Saints Anglican Church 25, 28 years ago in Charlottesville, the 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 synod synod's uh, the synod's name was Saint Chernobyl. Mm. Do you guys remember Chernobyl? Yes. That's what they called All Saints. That synod, Saint Chernobyl. It was a mess. <laughs> and when my wife and I moved there with my daughter, we doubled the children's size. Mm. You have to stick with it. you have to keep going and and you you have i mean having an excellent said mass, excellent communication uh excellent uh uh, uh spiritual direction and and community like we're talking about now will keep it will keep it going but your church, I know some of the history about it too has has had some punches that yeah. that they've had to survive yeah and
3: the thing is with it uh No, we're trying to grow in that is we sent we have the elections at there. We have people coming in from the neighborhood vote and they said, Oh, we didn't know this was a church. There you go. And we're saying, What are you
0: talking about? We thought it was I thought you were leasing it out to like people. Yeah.
3: So I thought this was all Spanish. We had to put a new sign up. We moved the signs and that stuff. And then we take I sent out postcards for the fish fry. And Uh, Father uh, Waterhouse I blame me for starting the one at uh, Albedo here I was with uh, the bishop here in 1988 and we started the fish fry. I got a German chef to help because we don't have enough parishioners to go and work the fish fry. send the cards out and here comes a couple of neighbors oh this is great well, come on back
0: come on well, back. I mean, then you need to do introspection, and you need to do you need to have some kind of uh i mean you guys need to have some parish meetings and talk about it you do i mean uh, you have to do you have to say what are we are we doing these things communication uh, uh communion uh, and community, uh, and then the four activity, activities are we doing these, and are we doing these well? And if we're not doing them well, how can we do them well? How can we do them better than what we're doing? Because that, I mean, that's you, you got to find out why that's not the case. Because I can tell you, it's not the liturgy. You cannot blame the liturgy. No, indeed. Okay. I mean, I've had I've had people up into churches where there were no children at all, and 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 the people would say to me uh, after after the service, they would say, you know, we're you know, we're not going to be here very much longer because we're all 80 years old. and, and But we can understand that, that the younger people don't like this liturgy. And they don't care for it. And I said, that's not true. I'm prom- I promise you, that's not true. They don't know about it. And when they experience it, they maybe, don't, maybe they're not experiencing it done well. It has to be done well. It's the most beautiful liturgy in the English language. That is fact. Yes, sir?
1: I think you know what you're saying, whatever you do, do it with excellence Yes, is the key. Because like, I couldn't reproduce your Wednesday night agape at right. my church because of the nature of the community. Right. I do want to teach, though. Right. So I, I have focused times of teaching throughout the year, and I've really leveraged my newsletter. It's not a newsletter. Yes. It's, like, it's Joey's birthday on Wednesday. Send him a shout-out. It's it's an education. It really is. It's excellent. And people actually read it and study it and say, you know, I give it to my friends, and I leverage the newsletter
0: as one of my educational... You all should have, you all should be on his, uh, uh, give him your email and get that uh, uh, newsletter because it's a great example of how communication and education can go together.
1: I call it the magazine.
0: and Actually, it's not a newsletter. It's the parish magazine. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's... Holy Cross sits on the doorstep of the biggest opportunity I can think of. Yep. We have a new rector coming on October 1st. He's young. I believe he can attract young people to our church. We have no young people. We have one young family in our church. And they've got three people. Well, parents. that's going to change. I, I'm sorry, I'm I'm sorry, gonna, I know, Miles. That's going to change. Yes. I, I mean, this, the, the guy that's coming there, this is a fellow that's coming from the ACNA leaving an $80,000 or more a year job to take a, much, to take a pay cut because he believes in the APA. Wow. I'm not kidding with you. He believes in the theology of the APA, and he believes that we have a real liturgy, the real deal, the real thing, and we, we don't have women priests. And we don't have other things that are. I don't like saying that.
1: You got to edit that.
0: I don't believe in women freeze one single bit, and, and uh, I and I would never ever permit that. I wouldn't. Take, you know, I love women obviously because I have a wife, uh, and I have a beautiful daughter and a beautiful granddaughter. I just I, I hate to concentrate on what we're not. I prefer to concentrate on what we are and what we have because we happen to possess the most beautiful liturgy in the English language ever, and the idiots that gave it up are idiots. <laughs> they replaced it with with what with like with, with a Reader's Digest version of a beautiful poem. It's, it's silly. We've got that. We've got that. We've got a beautiful liturgy. You cannot improve on it. But what you what the, your priest can do is to improve on his. Uh, delivery and his and his uh, celebration using that liturgy and he has to do that. He has to. Uh, and he needs your encouragement to do that, not your complaining and or your accusations. He needs for you to encourage he needs for you to encourage him to excellence. And you need to accept the encouragement to excellence that he gives to you. You know what I'm saying? Because Hopefully, he's gonna be challenging you for that. Yes, ma'am.
2: My name is Hope
0: Primes. I'm from St. Paul's, uh, Melbourne, Florida. Yes. And I think we have somewhat of a similar situation with somebody back here. Um, We have an elderly congregation and um, many who are sick, always in the hospital. And um, I'm excited that we have a new minister, Yes, um, you yeah, have an excellent Brian priest. <coughs> Absolutely. And in short time that <coughs> he's been there, I can
2: see um, how things are really going to grow and how we can get more young people into the church. Do, um, you know
0: why? Let me just say this because that's what people are to say and, and, and perhaps it sounds like I'm saying it. Uh, uh, you get more young people. Uh, into the church by doing, doing well what we already have, mm-hmm. not by doing anything. You, the way to appeal to young people, like they said, is to have someone who says an excellent Mass. I don't, not that he sings it too. If he doesn't sing it well, learn how to say it well,
2: <laughs>
0: you know, and, and who is a, an excellent preacher. He doesn't have to be uh, you know, a, a star, but all of us learn how to do research and how to present a a good sermon to the people. All of those things are important. But then you have to strive for excellence as well, which means you have to care about the community. I mean, you have to care about greeting young people. There was a baby back there this morning crying and it bothered some of you. I loved it. It made me feel at home. That's all saints where I've got, You know, like I said, 50 kids under the age of 14 and they whine all the time and I have to preach anyway and we don't put them in nursery. None of our kids. That's not exactly true. If we have a kid that needs to be in nursery, which is usually two or three of those kids, then that's okay. Our kids that young, including the ones that wanna talk to the preacher while he's preaching, (laughs) are in the service. And it works, and you have to pay. You have to learn how to pay attention to the priest, and it's good for you to have those kids there that are distracting. It's wonderful to have that. Believe you me, it's better than hearing that than hearing what I used to hear when I first came, which was wheezing. i much prefer to hear whining to wheezing. Right? You agree with me, Tom?
3: Gives the parents a as well to know that the children
0: are welcome. Uh, you've got to welcome the kids. Yes. You've got to be happy. Listen, people are going to pick up on phoniness in a minute. Mm-hmm. If you say, oh, I've got to do this because it's the right thing to do. Well, that's okay. Then, I mean, yeah, go ahead and do that. But uh, don't try to say, oh, let me take the kid out for you, for example. That's the wrong thing to do. Don't try to quieten the kid down, let mom do that. And if mom needs help doing something, I hope that at some point she feels free enough to say I need some help to do something. I have kids crying, I'll have kids, I'll have versatile kids crying. Like they'll on this end, then they start on that end, then they start on that end. And, uh, and but the mom, mom and dad knows how if it gets too much, they take them out. I'm not saying it's bedlam, mm-hmm. but, Crying is not, that was not bad at all. That was lovely to have young uh, Alvin in there crying and carrying his play chalice around. That was a great thing. Yes, ma'am. Um,
2: you mentioned community and we're in a unique position because we have a drug and alcohol. Where are you again? I'm um, Crownstone, Maryland. Yes. Uh, and there's a drug and alcohol uh, center, rehabilitation center right next door. And so they earned the rights to come to church. And most of them have never been to an Anglican church. And I started noticing they'd pick up the bulletin and try to find a, you know, what we were saying in the bulletin. So we created a, a shorter version of the services, Morning Prayer and Holy Communion, without all the rubrics and without the stuff we don't say. So they can follow that. But you still have to pick up the prayer book for the psalm. And so there's a group of about four of us now that kind of keep an eye on them, because it changes every week, it's new people every week. And we go around and just show them where we are in the service, show them wh- and every one of them will come up after the service and say, "Thank you so much. I was so lost." Yeah. And it was so nice. And sometimes they want to just listen, so I'll show them the, maybe if we're singing, I'll show them the hymnal and say, "Would you like to follow along, or do you want to listen?" And sometimes they say, "No, I just want to listen." Fine.
0: we print the whole mass in our bulletin yeah. the only thing we don't print yeah. and we don't have psalms or old testament lessons well, we do it we did we, 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 we it straight off on uh, uh, the, the prayer book and the only thing we don't print we don't print the hymns so you have to look the hymns up okay. everything else though is printed printed in the bulletin uh, anyway we've got four, five minutes to go and I'm going to stop early Yay, right. Thank you. Get our Thank you so much. And let me this is this is this has been recorded. I hope we were able to pick up everyone. Uh, this will be highly edited. But, I mean, uh, 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 no, try to take that out.